We thought uh, it would be interesting to start to look at the ideas of anti-fragility again as we come to the year end. People are exhausted, exhausted. Um, the politics of the country are exhausting us as well. We have worked harder on a glass which I think in many ways has been half empty and not half full this year. But how do we think about that and how do we think about resilience? Well, Peter Leyburn is the founder of something called Lead with Humanity. He's also the author of a book called Leading with Humanity. And he's been thinking about resilience and also the uh, Nasib, uh, I mean, Talib uh, concept of anti-fragility. Peter, thanks so much for joining us. Morning, Michelle, and morning to your listeners. Peter, let's uh, talk about that difference between resilience, which I think some of us are feeling we can no longer uh, keep going to, and anti-fragility. Yeah, Michelle, uh, resilience in its simplest form means the ability to go back to a previous state, to where you were before. So, you know, before a, a crisis or a challenge might have hit you. So, for example, if you were in the Natal floods a year or two back, you needed to be resilient because you just wanted to go back to where you were before. People in Ukraine might be feeling the same. So resilience is important. There's a place for it. Um, but it's important to understand what it is you want to go back to. If, if that, you just, you just, there's a place for it in the world, I guess. And I think South Africans have shown their ability be, to be resilient over many years. However, anti-fragility, as it was originally conceived and as it has developed, um, is more than simple res uh, resilience. It's, it's saying it's the ability to adapt to what you're experiencing and to come back in a new and improved version, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's to take what's happening to you as a learning opportunity and to say, so what's possible out of here as a launch pad to, to something uh, even better. Um, so it's not just you know trying to get back to where you were. It's saying, okay, how do we take what we've learned and move to a higher level that gives us the ability to cope more with future shocks and that may come along. You know, the, 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 I mean, in principle, I think it's, it's a valuable concept, but in practice, I wonder how one actually does this. I mean, one can be, you know, you can have agility and you can have, um, I suppose, resilience if you are, Muhammad Ali and you're in the fight and you're on the rope a doper where you keep getting pushed against the ropes and you are punched 150 times but the agility to then come back is something very powerful but but you need to be very very strong to be able to do that I mean you know he's trained for years and years and years how does one in a day-to-day -day process have an anti- uh, fragility approach. What is it that you need to do to practice to get to that? Well, I guess it all starts with it's a choice. Um, yeah. If we choose to say, well, we're we happy with where we were, we just want to go back to that, that's assuming we did understand where we were, um, <clears throat> then that, that's a choice. But if we want to reflect on things and say, okay, so what does this create? Um, I think that you know, we have lived through a couple of centuries of where the world has belonged to control freaks, where we like everything buttoned down and, and ordered, and we feel that we're in control of everything. And we now moved into an era where we can't control everything. We're just getting hit with different things coming at us from all sorts of sides. And so I think that it's really important that we do 
and raise our thinking to choose to say, well, we've got to grow and learn from these kind of things. Um, if we don't, it's going to be extremely difficult because the world is moving past where it was. And if we want to go back to where it was, we might find that it's, we're in dissonance with the world, if you like. Um, I think many organizations find that. They want to go back to where they were, but the markets have moved. And so it, it's really important to understand that this change is a constant. You know, I always love the quote that Topher gave us many years back in Future Shock, yeah. where he said that change is a dizzying disorientation brought upon by the premature arrival of the future. And that's what's happening. We're experiencing it. And I think in many ways the COVID pandemic kicked us into the future faster than what we uh, were ready for. And it's, it's pushed us down the road at great speed. And, and yes, it is. It's tough because we just want to go back to, you know, the relative serenity of where we might have been before. But the world's not letting that happen. You know, I'm, I'm laughing because I think that um, I think it's Carl who just spoke. No, well, he goes under the name Zombat. And as you said, Alvin Toffler, Future Shock, he sent us a WhatsApp saying we are in Future, Chof future Shock. And I do think um, you're correct. Perhaps one of the, if we're going to stay with Alvin Toffler in Future Shock, one of the great quotes of his is that he says that the future, um, future successes will not be about um, the ability to, um, I forget the exact quote, but the ability to just uh, learn to read and write. It will be about the ability to learn, unlearn, relearn, unlearn, relearn, constantly learning in different ways. So let's learn. How do we go forward as individuals uh, in an anti-fragile way? So certainly, and I'm going to come from a leadership perspective because we're all leaders, uh, whether we choose to be or not, we have the choices to make to even lead ourselves. Yeah. And that starts with having some self-compassion to say, um, just because I'm finding it tough at the moment doesn't mean to say there's something wrong with me. Um, so that self-compassion is important. To appreciate that stuff does happen, and then from that to say, well, what can we change and what can't we change? So there's some things that are dealt us we can do nothing about. But there are some things that we can choose to to just see it differently. And there's there's no textbook or manual here on here the five steps to dealing with it. Yeah. It does start with self-compassion. It starts with understanding who we choose to be on an ongoing basis in this world. Um, it's not about what we do, because what we do can get turned on its head. But who we choose to be as individuals, it, it, irrespective of what circumstances uh, are thrown at us, we can still be the same people. And so it's important that that sense of self-awareness, that sense of understanding of how we want to show up, um, how we want to deal with these things, and then to be open uh, to connect with people, to 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 be connect with the environment. Don't be scared of it. Don't resist it and kick it back. To be open to learning new ideas and new things. Um, to be listening to people that you don't necessarily agree with, just to hear the different perspectives and point of view. And you know, we we are naturally get our own kind of paradigms of what we see and believe. And this is a time for us to be open to seeing other paradigms. You know, I, I I hear you, Peter, but um, I'm going to quote what Kingsley has just WhatsApped us. And I have to say, 
I really do feel that Kingsley has a point here. He says, Dumelang Michelle, I think there's a time when the explanations of concepts like anti-fragility ring hollow when you have lurched from crisis to crisis, when you are simply no longer able to keep clinging on. And I'm not saying that there's no space for conversations where you're in the midst of chaos. Furthermore, returning, and this is interesting, to what things used to be is also not helpful because what we had before wasn't exactly a bed of roses. And you can read um, Simon Seabag Montefiore's book, The World. It seems to me that a family history of humanity means that the world has never been something calm. I mean, you can go back thousands of years to B.C. and it was still like about violence and it was still about certain things. So... um, how does one, you know, without like sounding like one is just a preaching to the converted, or how does one deal with exactly what Kingsley is saying? And I, I don't disagree with anything he said. I think many people have experienced those tough things. Um, and just by the by, there's another thing that a lot of people may have felt is a concept called languishing, where they've just kind of drifted between a world that used to be and a world that's coming, kind of waiting for something to happen. But the key thing is whatever comes at us, it's our choice as to how we want to respond. And, you know, I just see in the community people who are feeling helpless, hopeless, and others who have said, no, well, we can still do something. And I, I'm sorry I come back to it. It's a personal choice. Um, yes, there are people that will help and support, um, and stuff is going to happen. There's no doubt. Um, and... It, it, it gets a bit much when it keeps coming on and keeps happening to us. I, um, I totally get that. But we just still have to decide whether we give up or whether we say, well, is there something we can do? How do I choose to respond to this? I think it's an interesting question. How do we choose to respond? Peter Leben, founder of Lead with Humanity and author of Leading with Humanity, uh, thank you so much for joining us.